RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. The chief executive says most government facilities are to reopen, but there's no end yet to social distancing rules. The police defend an operation to break up a singing protest at a shopping mall. And HSBC sees first quarter profits tumble as the virus pandemic hits. Public services will gradually resume from Monday, with facilities including outdoor sporting grounds, libraries and museums reopening as the coronavirus outbreak appears to be easing in Hong Kong. Janice Wong reports. The chief executive Carrie Lam has announced that from Monday, the government will gradually resume normal operations. Most civil servants will go back to the office and public services, including registration and inquiries, will operate as normal. Public facilities will reopen. Mrs Lam says government meetings will take place, but large-scale events such as awards ceremonies and banquets won't. Speaking before the weekly Executive Council meeting, Mrs Lam says a decision will be made as soon as possible on whether social distancing measures, set to expire on Thursday next week, will be extended. She says that decision will be based on what's best for public health as well as the economy. Government facilities have been shut since the end of January, apart from a two-week period in March when they were reopened. The police PR chief Kwok Kachun has defended the clearance operation in Taikusheng City Plaza Mall on Sunday, saying it's clear people had gathered there for a common purpose. Timmy Sung reports. Police Chief Superintendent Kwok Kachun says the purpose of the operation was to avoid unnecessary gatherings during the coronavirus pandemic. He told an RTHK program that officers had issued only warnings and made no arrests or fined anyone for violating the ban on public gatherings of more than four people. He said people shouldn't lie to themselves as it was clear that hundreds of people had gathered there for a common purpose, which was to protest. He said the demonstration could put shoppers at risk of the coronavirus and police had to balance the rights of everyone, not only the rights to protest. Police have been accused of abusing the social distancing measure after riot police dispersed a crowd of singing protesters at the mall, even though protesters had split into smaller groups spread about one and a half metres apart. Separately, the vice chair of Eastern District Council, Andrew Chiu, says he is going to file a complaint to the Equality Watchdog after he was apparently mocked by officers that he couldn't hear what he said during Sunday's operation. The district councillor had part of his ear bitten off by a man fleeing from a knife incident outside City Plaza last November. Mr Chiu said some officers on Sunday were acting in a childish manner and rubbing their ears. The police PR chief refused to discuss the case, but said he would remind officers to be empathetic and professional. The High Court has begun hearing a challenge to rules banning people given jail terms of three months or more from seeking election, with arguments that the law is unconstitutional. That case was put forward by counsel for activist Raphael Wong, who argues that the ban strips candidates of their right to seek election and electors of their right to vote for them. He also argues that the ban is disproportionate and arbitrary. Counsel for the government is arguing that the law should stand. The court is expected to give a decision on the judicial review application at a later date. Lawmakers from across the political spectrum are questioning why the government is not allowing better paid women full access to a new subsidy for maternity leave. The administration is proposing to extend maternity leave from 10 to 14 weeks and will begin paying 80% of the salaries of women for the additional four weeks.
However, the payments will be capped at $36,000 per month, leaving women earning significantly more than $50,000 to lose more of their salary. The DAB's Elizabeth Quartz said the government was push- punishing higher paid women. Pan-Democrat Lung Yu Chung agreed. I found this is a sort of the punishment for the, the high salary uh, employees because uh, I think uh, everyone got to enjoy the fair and, and equal uh, opportunities and uh, rights. But why? Those 5% could not have this enjoyment. Human rights activists have raised concerns about the forced quarantining of African nationals in Guangzhou in recent weeks. There have been reports that hundreds of people from Africa have been evicted from their hotels and apartments and put in quarantine, despite testing negative for the coronavirus. Human Rights Watch says the treatment amounts to arbitrary detention. In his first coronavirus news conference since Friday, President Trump has accused China of failing to stop the spread of the illness. Speaking outside the White House, Mr. Trump said the pandemic should have been stopped at the source. We are not happy with China. We are not happy with that whole situation because we believe it could have been stopped at the source. It could have been stopped quickly and it wouldn't have spread all over the world. And we think that should have happened. Uh, So we'll uh, let you know at the appropriate time. But we are doing serious investigations. The president also boasted that he'd built the greatest economy in history, but he'd been forced to turn it off. Mr. Trump also announced plans to increase testing, with nearly 5.5 million carried out so far in the US. More than 55,000 Americans have died after being diagnosed with COVID-19. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, says he may step up coronavirus restrictions after pictures emerged of crowds flocking to beaches at the weekend. Mr. Newsom said this would, could delay the eventual loosening of restrictions. He said he wouldn't target people out quietly with their children or walking their dogs. But if there were people taking a risk, then the authorities might do more. The World Health Organization has warned the coronavirus pandemic is disrupting normal health services, especially immunization for the poorest children. The WHO's Director General, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, said there were reports of shortages of vaccines against other diseases, such as polio, measles and cholera. Dr Tedros also defended his organization's handling of the pandemic. I assure you that WHO gives the best advice we can based on science and evidence. It's up to the countries to reject or accept. But from our experience so far, what we have seen is some countries accept, some may not. At the end of the day, each country takes its own responsibility. Dr Tedros said countries that followed its advice at the end of January had done better than those which didn't. The U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has insisted the U.S. isn't reducing its spending on global health care, even though it stopped funding the World Health Organization. He said he was confident the U.S. would increase its aid. We want to make sure that that money gets to the right places. We're not reducing the amount of money that we're providing for global health assistance. Indeed, far from it. I'm confident we will actually increase that number. Uh, But we need to make sure it's part of a multilateral institution that functions and can actually deliver good outcomes for the people in some of the poorest countries in the world that are there in Africa. Hundreds of thousands of people in New Zealand have gone back to work as the government begins easing coronavirus restrictions among the strictest in the world. Work is resuming in factories and building sites, as well as some takeaway food outlets. But many other shops remain closed. At a news conference, the Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said people needed to maintain their social distancing. 
So with more people going back to work today, we need to be even more vigilant at level three to prevent any inadvertent spreading of the virus. We must continue to stay home where possible, including for work and education. Please stay regional and limit non-essential travel. And even though you can expand your bubble, keep it as small as possible and exclusive. New Zealand has seen just 1,100 cases with only 19 deaths. Latest figures from France show the number of people without jobs has surged as a result of the pandemic, dealing a heavy blow to President Macron's economic strategy. Almost a quarter of a million more people registered as jobless last month. Here's the BBC's Hugh Schofield. The government says the steep rise is caused not so much by companies laying people off as by the fact that people who would normally be moving on into work are not being taken on anymore. In other words, employment is frozen. What makes things worse is that this is probably only a foretaste of what's to come. When the government's furlough scheme is wound down, it's expected to expose many companies that simply can no longer survive. A wave of bankruptcies is predicted, leading to more unemployed, more spending to pay for them and more government debt. The messaging service WhatsApp says it's seen a drop of 70% in the number of highly forwarded messages after implementing restrictions to tackle coronavirus misinformation. Here's the BBC's John Johnson. In February, the World Health Organization warned of what it called an infodemic, a surge of coronavirus misinformation which it said could spread faster than the virus. The messages ranged from unverified tests and cures to false information about lockdown measures. In response, WhatsApp brought in new restrictions. Any message forwarded more than five times could now only be sent on to a single chat at a time. And it seems to have worked. There's been a drop of 70% in these highly forwarded messages this month. However, experts warn that social media platforms still need to do more to tackle the spread of misinformation. In financial news, HSBC says first quarter pre-tax profits almost halved to 3.2 billion US dollars, down 48% from the same period last year. It cited credit losses from clients hit by the economic slowdown as a major cause. In a statement, newly confirmed CEO Noel Quinn blamed the economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on its customers for the decline. British regulators earlier prevented the bank from paying a dividend in the quarter. U.S. oil prices have fallen by 25% as a massive drop in demand continues due to the coronavirus pandemic. West Texas Intermediate, the U.S. benchmark, tumbled to less than 13 U.S. dollars a barrel. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. There has been another slump in the price of crude oil, reflecting the damage the pandemic has done to demand for transport fuel. Cuts in production agreed by the countries of OPEC and others, including Russia, are due to be implemented from this week, but they're unlikely to be enough to stabilise the market. One oil broker described the imbalance between supply and demand for oil as simply awful. Those concerns are increasingly being aggravated by the fact that storage capacity for the excess in the US is filling rapidly. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 24,393. That's 113 points up from the previous close. Currency is the US dollar trading at 107.27 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 8 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 62 cents. Now to sport, here's Atom Jung.
One of Japan's top doctors said it will be difficult for his country to hold the Olympics without coronavirus vaccines. Yoshitake Yokokura, president of the Japan Medical Association, told a video press conference today that he hopes vaccines and drugs to combat COVID-19 will be developed as soon as possible. Japan and the International Olympic Committee agreed to postpone the Tokyo 2020 Games until July next year due to the pandemic. Japan is under a month-long state of emergency amidst the rapid increase of infections across the country, where hospitals are overburdened, causing fears of a medical system's collapse. Yokokura said the games are possible if infections are under control not only in Japan but also globally. He did not say whether he opposes having the Olympics without vaccines. Now to Italy, where Syria football clubs can return to individual training from next week Monday, after the country's prime minister announced the first steps in lifting the coronavirus lockdown. The country's FA believes it may be able to resume professional leagues as early as the 18th of May, although early June may be more realistic. The Italian football journalist Mina Rizuki says a return to action will lift the spirits of a nation. I think for Italians, they're desperate to come out of this. They are the first country that's been—they were the first country to be hard hit by this pandemic.、Uh, they haven't had football since March the ninth, and for them, football represents normality. Being able to watch your team play the game is something that's normal life. When you can go back into the bar and just start chatting about this.、Um, And I think on that level, it's somewhat different to what the Germans are experiencing with the thoughts of the Bundesliga resuming. One more football note: FIFA has announced that five substitutes will be allowed per pitch when football returns. The sports world governing body says teams are likely to face a higher than normal frequency of matches, and extra subs would be a way of protecting players from injury. In the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks stunned the hockey world by firing their team president John McDonough, ending a successful run that included three Stanley Cup championships. The surprising move comes with the season on pause because of the COVID-19 pandemic. McDonough was president of the Chicago Cubs before being hired by the Blackhawks in 2007. Despite three straight seasons of lackluster results, the club hold an active sellout streak of 531 games. That's more than six consecutive seasons of full house attendance. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive Carrie Lam says most government facilities are to reopen, but there's no word yet on an end to social distancing rules. The police defend an operation to break up a singing protest at a shopping mall, and HSBC sees first quarter profits tumble as the coronavirus pandemic hits its customers. And that's the news from RTHK.
And welcome to today's one two three show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the twenty eighth of April, is today's date, and I want to say a big thank you uh, to Phil Whelan for the morning brew. Uh, on today's program, we do have a busy show. Uh, first of all, we're talking about insurance and uh, why uh, some people think it's a dirty word, and we'll be chatting about this with Simon Parfit from Piemont Wealth Management. That'll be just after half past one, and after two o'clock, since it's Tuesday, we bring back Andrew Dembina, uh, who will be giving us the latest happenings in the world of food and drink. And finally, to continue with the food themes on Tuesday, uh, we will be speaking with Sonali Figueres, who is the founder 